Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Welcome to the Joe Carey Show right here on KTalk 1640 AM. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to start with... Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez made the uh, trip down to Texas to visit one of the detention centers in uh, Texas. And um, it was really awkward because I think there were, I think there were like 14 or 15 people in her group. And Ocasio-Cortez actually had to leave Washington, D.C. last month uh, to meet them there because she was walking. Everybody else decided, hey, we're just going to fly. Um, but Ocasio-Cortez said, well, since there's only like 12 years before the earth disappears, she was going to do her part uh, because there's there's detention centers closer to her. But she wanted to go to this one in Texas. And you got to tip your hat to that. I mean, that's dedication. So she actually retraced the uh, the path that Johnny Appleseed took. So she was like a Latina Johnny Appleseed. And she just went down south. And I don't think she was planting apple trees. But um, – no, that's a satirical exaggeration. She did not walk down. She probably took a, a chartered military jet that burns up more CO2 in a two-hour flight than you or I will burn up for the year. That's hypocrisy. But she goes down and she wants to see firsthand, right? She's a member of Congress. You and I, were in the cheap seats, remember? She's a member of Congress. You and I are in the cheap seats, according to her. So she goes down with this delegation, this fact-finding delegation. She's going to get to the bottom of it. What is happening in these detention centers? So the Border Patrol, they arrange for her and her, uh, her group to go through a detention center. And there's a tour, right? I mean, it's not like they open the door and you walk anywhere you want. It's we're going to show you what we do, how we care, and you take notes and ask questions. Well, apparently, and there's two very different versions here, and we're going to play the, you know, who do you believe game. Ocasio-Cortez uh, admits that when she gets in, she makes the decision, I'm not going to be part of this organized tour. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to get to the truth of it. And you know, there's a part of me that respects that. Because, look, when you go on these official tours, it's all bunk, right? It's all whatever they want to tell you, whatever they want to show you. I remember when the um, – I think it was the Republicans that came to Philadelphia for their national convention – Right. They're getting ready. All the delegates are coming in. And there is a part of New Jersey that leads to Philadelphia that resembled a war zone following a zombie apocalypse. I mean, it was crack houses, drug houses, prostitution. And every day I went to law school, you have to drive through that street. And I remember people thinking, oh, they're never going to clean this up. It can't be cleaned up. Can I tell you that when the Republicans held their convention in Philadelphia, the mayor, excuse me, the governor of New Jersey cleaned up that two-mile strip of street overnight. I mean, they tore down hotels. They tore down buildings. They mowed grass. And it was unbelievable what government is capable of when it wants to do something. I mean, hey, why clean it up? You know, I only lived in New Jersey. Why clean it up for the citizens? But, hey, you have delegates coming from all over the country. You've got to show New Jersey at its best. 
So I get it. I get the official tour. You're probably not going to get the truth in its totality. So Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she says, I'm going to find out the truth. So she breaks away from the group and she ends up in a holding cell. No, this isn't a punchline for a joke. She ends up in a holding cell with other, uh, I shouldn't say other, but with, with illegal immigrants that are being detained. And she's asking them a whole bunch of questions. We don't know. But as part of this exchange, she says, Ocasio-Cortez claims that she was told by women there that, um, you know, uh, they leer at us, they um, make sexual comments to us, meaning the Border Patrol. And the one that's getting the most traction is this accusation that the Border Patrol told one of the female immigrants to, uh, who said she was thirsty to drink out of the toilet. So Ocasio-Cortez, when she hears this, I mean, she just can't take. So she apparently leaves the holding cell and sees two border agents laughing. They're at a computer terminal and they're laughing. Well, this sends Ocasio-Cortez nuclear because she thinks what? They're laughing at her and the exchange she just had with this woman, allegedly, who apparently said she was told to drink water out of a toilet. So she freaks out on these two guards. The two guards say, look, we were just laughing at something on the computer. We, we didn't know you were over there, what you were doing. So what does she do? Did you ever go into McDonald's and they give you the wrong order, which is like every time? Well, sometimes you get to the breaking point where you're like, okay, I'm going to escalate it. I'm going to do it. Don't make me do it. Oh, can I talk to a manager? And the best line is when the person that's being rude to you responds and says, I am the manager. Then it's like, oh, this is full out Kafka. This is fantastic. So she says, I want to speak to the manager. I want to speak to the supervisor. Supervisor comes out and he's like, look, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And he's doing what anybody would do when there's a member of Congress yelling at you. Right. Remember, that member of Congress is her or his boss. So the manager's trying to de-escalate the situation. Ocasio-Cortez won't be pacified. Apparently, she storms out. So she's saying she went there. She felt unsafe. She was treated rudely. They were making fun of the immigrants, uh, the illegal immigrants that were there. And remember, the Border Patrol is fighting with one arm tied behind its back because they can't come out and say what? They can't come out and say Ocasio-Cortez is lying. Because that's a member of Congress. And if you want to unite the Democrats and Republicans, just accuse any member of Congress of lying. They rally around that member. You don't believe me? Remember the uh, hacking that allegedly took place with uh, Wasserman Schultz? Her IT staff was apparently downloading all the secrets. Do, you still, do we still know what happened to that? No. Because it would embarrass the institution. They don't tolerate that. Do we know which members of Congress had your taxpayer dollars used to pay off sexual uh, claims of sexual harassment and sexual assault? No. Why? Because it would embarrass both Republicans and Democrats. No, they don't win. So they don't want that information out there. So the Border Patrol can't come out and accuse Ocasio-Cortez of lying or inflating the truth. So instead, the Border Patrol union comes out and says, you know what? 
what Ocasio-Cortez said were falsehoods. They're not true. And Kellyanne Conway, she came out and she, you know, she's not under the same restrictions as, you know, the Border Patrol. She comes out today and actually says that, you know, what AOC was saying was outrageous and not true. Now, we do know this. We do know when Ocasio-Cortez was leaving the facility, she was asked, did you see someone drinking water from one of the toilets? And she just rolled up the window. And drove off. Didn't answer the question. But let me tell you this. There's two reasons why I think the Border Patrol is right on this. We don't know yet. One... All these facilities have video cameras, all of them. And it's meant to protect the illegal immigrants and it's meant to protect the Border Patrol. So there's video. If you're Ocasio-Cortez and you didn't do anything wrong, wouldn't you be demanding the release of those videos? Wouldn't you be like, I want those videotapes released. I want the people to see what happened. I want people to see the facility. But she's not. She's not demanding the release of the videos, which to me says, eh, she's probably doing something. She probably is having a meltdown on those videos. The other thing that's a a red flag uh, to me is that she was there with 12 other Democrats, not Republicans, not conservatives, with Democrats. Isn't it odd that they're all silent on what happened? Isn't it odd that none of them are coming out and saying, no, Ocasio-Cortez didn't have a meltdown? It's very easy. Release the tapes. Ocasio-Cortez, she's always demanding transparency. She's always demanding to get to the bottom of things. Simple. Release the tapes. Hey, you're listening to The Joe Carey Show. We'll be back with more right after this break on K Talk 1640 AM. Our dial-in number, 801 801- Three six three eight. Is it eight zero one three three one eighty one thirteen? Hey, we'll be back right after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. Uh, you know, as we were saying, you know, I, there's a real easy way. You know, Ocasio-Cortez, you know, she wants Donald Trump's tax returns back since he was in the eighth grade. You know, she needs transparency. She wants to get to the bottom of things. Well, now she's caught in this dilemma, and the answer's simple. If you really want to know what happened in Texas, go to the tape. There's videotape. Just release it. The fact that no one is calling for the release of those tapes is an indication to me that they're not exculpatory. Because if they were, she would. 
Now, instead, what we're going to hear is this. This is my prediction. Instead of getting the tapes, what we're going to hear over the next few days, uh, due to administrative protocols, those tapes can't be released. You know, there's a sensitivities regarding uh, the children that might be shown on the tape. And, and by children, they don't mean Ocasio-Cortez. They mean, you know, minor children of the uh, immigrants. I guarantee you that's what's going to be said. Oh, you know, I wanted those tapes and I was pushing for them to come out. But, you know, they won't release them because they show minors. There's minors on those tapes. You know, Ocasio-Cortez, because she has such a following, because she has amassed this uh, cult-like status, she could do a lot of good. She really could go in there and, you know, if things were deplorable, she could make them better because she has the spotlight of the media following her. But the sad thing is, she's not there in a search for the truth. She's not there to make things better. She is a bomb thrower. And what she likes to do is set things on fire. And she wants to rile people up. She wants to get people angry. You know, anger is a great motivator. Hatred is a great motivator. Not in a good way. But it gets people off their couches. It gets people on the streets. It gets people doing things. But the problem with hatred is it's uncontrollable. Right? And once you set it loose... It's hard to put it back in the box. It's hard to say, okay, we got you out in the streets. Because now you have these people that are all fired up, right? You've convinced them that people are stealing from them. You've convinced them that someone's taking their rights, that someone's attacking them. And they want their pound of flesh. So when you come out and say, oh, no, 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 okay, it's all, it's all, it's safe now. You can no longer lead the group that you've motivated. <clears throat> right? And that's when we had MSNBC and CNN making excuses for Antifa. Right? Last year when we had them come and say, well, Antifa's not a terrorist group. Antifa's not a violent group. And they made apologies for it and they looked the other way and they made excuses for it. You just embolden the radicalism, you embolden more violence. You know, and it got to the point in Portland where the mayor just made the decision, you know what? It's not worth it. Basically, he took the position, if you're dumb enough to take on Antifa, that's your problem. That's the mayor's office. Telling the police to stand down. Let's not confront Antifa. Let's not, you know, get in the way. You are throwing fuel on a fire. And I guarantee you, that mayor and others, the time will come when they will complain about the, the size and the heat of that fire. The same fire that they're letting grow right now, that they're not placing any controls on, they in the future will say, that fire's too big. How did it get that way? We need to do something. And that's what Ocasio-Cortez does. When she called these uh, detention centers concentration camps, 
She didn't care about the truth. She, oh, I didn't compare it to the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. You used the same terminology. You used the same words. You evoked that imagery. And then she tried to walk it back. You know, it's stunning to me. It's amazing. Here she is last week calling these detention centers concentration camps. If she really believed that, if she really believed that, do you think she'd be surprised that someone was asked to drink from a toilet? No, because you would look at it and say, yeah, of course she was. It's a concentration camp. They're putting people to death. Right? Isn't that the logical progression of things? But she knew at the time, she knew when she was saying it's a concentration camp, she didn't believe it. And that's why she's surprised and shocked that someone made the allegation, not that they were forced to drink out of a toilet, but that they were asked to. Not that there's a difference, not that, you know, no one, I don't care if you're legal, illegal, in prison, We are better than that. I don't think it happened. I, I really don't. And if it did, it's not, I don't believe it's institutionalized, right? I don't believe that the Border Patrol is like, yeah, we're going to show these illegal immigrants. But if AOC truly believed, if she really believed that these were concentration camps, do you think she'd be surprised? Do you think she'd be surprised that, that, that at what? The inhumanity, isn't that the definition of concentration camp? But this is the problem, right? When you don't care about the truth, when, you don't, when, you, when your objective is only, I need to get people angry. I need to get people upset. That's the easy part. You know, we live in a society today where it doesn't take very much to, to set people off to push them slightly over the edge, to get them wound up, to get them angry. People, too many people are looking for an excuse to be, vi to be violent. And we have masters of the universe at that. We have people who have mastered that. Absolutely amazing that we're seeing this. And it's sad. You know, and not to be outdone, uh, we had Representative Jerry Nadler from New York. He came out and he said that, you know, uh, these people in the Border Patrol and the head of the Border Patrol, they should be prosecuted for child abuse. Think about this. And what, what weighs on me is that we are politicizing human suffering. Right, that we're saying that, hey, when the Obama administration does it, right, because they're the ones who built the fences, they're the ones who built the cages, they're the ones who set up the rules. Jerry Nadler was okay with what he's calling child abuse today. He was okay with when Obama was president. What does that say about him? Isn't that a commentary on him? But again, we live in a world where we're really not trying to improve anything when you're a politician. Your sole focus is how do I score points? How do I make myself look good? 
And if you're Jerry Nadler, that's a pretty tall order. But how do I make myself look good? And how do I make the other side look bad? And nobody wins in that scenario. Nobody wins in that situation. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. When we come back, uh, a new segment that we're going to try out with you guys. Uh, Tune in. Stay tuned. We'll be back right here. 801-331-8113. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show on KTalk, 1640 AM. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show right here on K Talk 1640 AM, KYAH in Central Utah, and on the uh, Loving Liberty Radio Network. Want to remind everyone on July 4th, uh, just two days away, up at um, Liberty Hall, there is a, uh, a Constitution Day event. You don't want to miss it. It's from 12 to 2, uh, right up the street from Smith & Edwards. Uh, Brian Hyde will be there. Sam Bushman will be there. A uh, Benjamin Franklin impersonator uh, will be there. You know, I can't... Mm. I just can't help but smile when I say that because I just think, well... Ben Franklin's dead. How are you going to impersonate? Anyway, um, you want to mark your calendars. It's from 12 to 2 uh, this Thursday at uh, Liberty Hall up there in far west Utah. Don't miss it. Great movie. uh, A more perfect union. Free refreshments. Free food. It's going to be a fantastic event. Mark your calendar. We have Tiffany from Liberty Hills Academy with us. Tiffany, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Joe. Hey, Tiffany, I have a question. You know, in the news, just in this past week, there must be at least three stories where I think the one is out west where they're covering up a mural of George Washington uh, saying that some of the students found it offensive. You had Nike. They're rolling out a new uh, sneaker that was supposed to come out over the 4th of July weekend. And it featured Betsy Ross's uh, flag, right, with the 13 stars. Yeah. And they just they pulled that. They were really that. cute, too. Yeah, yeah, they look fantastic. They, they pulled that yeah. because Colin Kaepernick said, you know, that particular flag. He didn't say the American flag. He said that particular flag some people would find offensive. So uh, I'm asking you, uh, your school, Liberty Hills Academy, you promote and you highlight the role of the founding fathers of history at a time when much of society is saying we need to run as far and as fast as we can away from that. Yeah. Well, I I actually don't really fault Colin Kaepernick because he didn't get a very good education. He didn't understand that uh, the founding fathers, uh, many of them, were early abolitionists, especially Jefferson. They, when when Thomas Jefferson wrote, all men are created equal, he meant that. And he didn't make exception to it in, in his writing. 
and he wrote that it you know later in his life if we don't solve this problem we are in for for really big trouble so that's part of the problem is that our founding fathers are they held slaves they were part of um the issues of their time and they didn't solve every single problem that there was um and that's one of the ones that they didn't solve but did they recognize that it was a huge problem yes they did so what what sadly is happening with that it reminds me of this uh, quote from uh, alexander hodge who was the the head of the princeton theological seminary and he said it's capable of exact demonstration that if every part in the state has the right of excluding from public schools whatever he does not believe to be true then he that believes most must give way to him that believes least and he that believes least must give way to him that believes absolutely nothing and no matter uh, no matter in how small a minority the atheists or agnostics or in this case, you can say the anti-founding uh, father people may be, um, we give way because we are afraid of being called bigoted and we're afraid of, you know, just name-calling and all of these horrible things. And it's so sad. Well, Tiffany, uh, we, we said we said this on the show yesterday that you know the founding mm-hmm. fathers, they're brilliant. I mean, they have been frustrating yeah. the plans of designing Republicans, Democrats, and politicians for over two hundred years, and yeah. those politicians haven't figured out a way to make their plans work with the Constitution. So. I, I said it yesterday. I really think that there's an effort now because they can't beat the Constitution. They're trying to destroy it and erase it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so, um, you know, what kind of what that boils down to, what that looks like in the school is my uh, my I have a darling nephew and he came home from with a binder of I ha- the things that I have, you know, the work I'm most proud of over the year, and I opened it right up. The very first thing is about how um, dolphins are swallowing plastic bags in the ocean, and w- they're so cute and they're so, you know, darling. And here we are, human beings, we're destroying this beautiful part of nature. And he's seven. What is he going to do about plastic bags in the ocean? Are they teaching him, you know, uh, what are they teaching him? Because we've, you know, we found out that we hand our recycling in, we think we're being responsible, and then they dump the plastic bags in the ocean because there's no market for it. So um, what we're teaching a small child like that is rage against something that they don't understand. And that's just not the appropriate thing to be teaching a seven-year-old at all. The appropriate thing to teach a seven-year-old is self-government and how to rule their own um, self, which is very, very difficult. It, 
it takes a lifetime to master. I am still working on it myself. Um, and to teach them everything that is fine and beautiful and worthy of learning about. But, you know, the, the, the Colin Copernics, who really just aren't educated, that's what the problem is. Uh, one of my, a, a story that I love is one that Hillsdale College pre- President Larry Arn tells about taking his freshman daughter to another school and meeting with the counselor, and he says to the counselor, what will you teach my daughter? And the counselor says, well, we'll teach your daughter whatever, whatever it is she wants to learn. And he, and he says, but my daughter is a student. She doesn't know what she doesn't know. So, you know, how is mm. she going to learn what is, what is best, what is good, what is truthful, unless she has a mentor who knows those things who's going to show her those things? That's our responsibility as educators. And we're, we're abdicating it, and we're abdicating it to every single uh, special interest group that comes along with an agenda until instead of teaching, you know, like we teach our, our uh, second and third graders learn Pinocchio, and they learn about being truthful. They learn about governing themselves. They learn about... Um, the importance of moderation and all of these really good values they learn um, from great literature but you just can't you can't teach those kinds of books in the public school system and so we're down to the dolphins and it it really concerns me well, look. This is this is the this is one of the reasons why you went out and you helped found Liberty Hills Academy because it's a solution to what's happening, and it's a it's yeah. you're not untethering yourself from those values and um, courses of study uh, that have proven and withstood the test of time. It's open enrollment now at Liberty Hills Academy. Yes, it is, and we would just love for people to. Email us at admin at libertyhills.org. We're trying to take a bit of a summer break, but we would love to have people uh, make appointments with us, and we'll run in, and we'll give you the grand tour. It's our favorite thing to do, to show off our school and what we're doing. We're really proud of it. And, you know, if you're... Um, I'd like to encourage the audience, please, visit libertyhills.org. That's libertyhills.org, and email admin, A-D-M-I-N, at Liberty Hills. Uh, is it Liberty Hills Academy? It's, it's Liberty Hills. It's admin at libertyhills.org, and the website is kind of confusing. It's www.libertyhillsacademy.org. Perfect. Hey, Tiffany, thank you for coming on. Next week we'll bring you back, and let's talk about your upcoming event. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Joe. We'll be back right after this break on K Talk 1640 AM.
All right. Welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. <clears throat> you know, let's uh, we try to go over our uh, numbers once uh, once a week here. And it's been about a week. So let's go over our SoundCloud numbers. And these are the numbers where uh, you're listening to uh, the podcast. So this, this isn't live listenership, but this is where people are listening via uh, the podcast. So they're visiting LovingLiberty.net, and I would encourage you to do that. Download the app. We have one for the Android. We have one for the uh, iPhone. And, you know, you can listen live. But the great thing is... Uh, with podcasts, it, it's really built around your schedule. So you can listen anytime that's convenient to you. And um, our podcast listenership uh, is growing. And these are, let's go over the top 10 cities. So the top 10 cities where people are listening via podcast. Oh, this is a new one, Brian. We have uh, Atlanta, Georgia, which I believe is, they're your folks in fee down there, right? So I think that's where, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, number one spot in terms of podcasts. So thank you to uh, everyone in Atlanta, Georgia, who's tuning in and listening. Then we go up the East Coast to Clifton. This is wow, from Georgia to Clifton, New Jersey. This is very similar to the uh, path that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was walking from Georgia up to Clifton, New Jersey. Uh, Clifton, New Jersey coming in second. San Jose always in the top ten, coming in at number three. Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina, a great, beautiful city there, coming in at number four. Barcelona, Spain, uh, the only uh, foreign city that has consistently clocked into the top ten. Our friends in Barcelona, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for uh, listening to the show. Then we go down to St. George. I heard it's only about 150 degrees there today. Uh, St. George uh, is coming in at number six. And it's funny because St. George, you know, Brian, they they, uh, separate St. George from Cedar City. So there are two different markets for us. And uh, St. George right now at number six. Ashburn, Virginia, number seven. Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, I've been there. Beautiful, beautiful city. They're coming in at number eight. And then, uh, just to run through uh, the uh, the other half of the list, American Fork, uh, Saratoga Springs. So American Fork, Saratoga Springs, which is growing gangbusters. I have friends that live in Saratoga Springs. Just, they tell me, new houses. Well, I think everything in Utah County, right? I mean, that that part of the state, they're just building like gangbusters. Shellsburg, Iowa, Greensburg, uh, Pennsylvania, Jacksonville, Florida, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and Los Angeles, California, rounding out the top 15. So thank you for uh, tuning in, for listening to the show, for telling your friends about it. Um, I'm not going to steal the thunder, but I know that there are a a lot of changes coming to the Loving Liberty Network, and I, uh, I'm i excited to see what they're going to be uh, as they roll those out over the next uh, weeks and months. So stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss that uh, rollout. Brian, can you give us a sneak peek on anything? I don't know what's top secret and what's uh, discussable, but I know, I don't know that if any it's, of it's top secret, actually. Oh, really? There's so much, though, I, I wouldn't want to take up your, your valuable show time. <laughs> but it's uh, absolutely amazing what they're doing, what they're building. Uh, you want to uh, stay tuned and uh, grow 
with the network because you've helped us get to this point, right? I mean, think about this. It, it, the network launched in December, and you are looking at basically seven, eight months later, it is a national platform with listenership truly in all 50 states internationally. And the numbers in terms of the, the people listening, the amount of time they're listening, it continues to grow, if not exponentially, very, very rapidly. So thank you for making all of that uh, possible. You know, we had Tiffany from Liberty Hills Academy on, and she's right. Like, there is an assault on, on ideas, right? There's an, there's an assault taking place on principles, And one of the best ways we can um, engage the other side positively, right? Because like, there's two schools of thought. You know, there's the Trump school of thought, which is if they hit you, you've got to hit back twice as hard, right? That's, that's his political school of thought. But there's another thought, which is, look, no matter how low the other side goes, no matter how violent or vicious they become, the best solution. It may not be the easiest. At times, it may be the hardest one to take. But the best solution is going to be the one that doesn't bring our side down into the mud. It doesn't reduce us to fighting on their terms uh, or their territory. But that's tough because when you get hit, you want to hit back. And that's why I think when you listen to the hosts on the Loving Liberty Network, inspiring, positive, and I think that's the message that in the end wins the day. Um, let me uh, close out the show. There's just two stories that I want to, uh, to talk about real quick, and that is uh, Nevada has become the first state, the first state that bans employers from refusing to hire applicants that fail marijuana drug tests. So... You have a drug test that's part of your uh, hiring process. You have somebody takes it. They fail the, uh, the test because of marijuana use. That test can no longer be used to not hire somebody. Now, there are exceptions. Firefighters, EMTs, and employees who operate a motor vehicle, which is kind of puzzling. I mean... Like, shouldn't the person that's operating on you also have an exception for this test? I mean, but what gets me is this, right? When this legislation was being pushed and promoted, it was all about, look, personal rights, right? Libertarianism. Let people decide for themselves. If they want to use marijuana, let them use it. And if they don't, they don't have to. And that's a persuasive argument. Well, now you have employers who are saying, look, as employers, we want to set standards for people that we hire. And the same people who were saying, no, let people decide for themselves. Those same people, those same groups are now lining up and saying, you know what? No, uh, if they fail the marijuana test, we don't care what you want to do. We're going to tell you that you cannot refuse to hire people who fail a marijuana drug test. The law says it is unlawful for any employer in this state to fail or refuse to hire a prospective employee because the prospective employee submitted to a screening test and the results of the screening test indicate the presence of marijuana. 
gets better. If they fail the test, the employee has a right to challenge the results of the drug test. And guess who the law requires to pay for that test? The employer. We see this same type of uh, hypocrisy. The same type of hypocrisy when, you know, we talk about, you know, the the elites in society, whether they're politicians or celebrities, when they talk about, you know, all you have to do is walk to work. Right? You have to cut back on your CO2 emissions. Ah, just don't eat meat. Just walk to work. Paint your house white. While they jet set around the globe spewing CO2 emissions. The other story, and uh, we're just really pressed for time, so I'm just uh, cutting through this real quick. In Chicago, there's a, a billion-dollar uh, pension crisis brewing. The uh, teachers' union, it's uh, billions of dollars underfunded. The new mayor of Chicago has to raise a billion dollars in taxes if she can't get anyone to bail out the city. So the city, which has made decades of bad decisions regarding their pension funding— Think about this. The economy has been on a tear. It's doing great. And a lot of this underfunding was made up because, you know, the rising stock market. Even with that turbo boost, Chicago is still massively underfunded in their pensions. The good news, they want the state and you to bail them out. In Chicago, it's not about giving. It's about taking. Remember, only two things we need to do. One, take the time to get right with God. Two, be kind. Stay tuned. Larry Reed up next right here on Loving Liberty. Uh, The website, one more time, lovingliberty.net. Download the app for the iPhone and the Android. All the podcasts are there. We'll be back tomorrow right here on K-Talk, 1640 AM. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.